Just a tiny disclaimer before this episode starts. Um, I posted this episode about 24 hours ago, and within those 24 hours, I got three messages from three people talking to me about the tone that dad and I used when speaking about Alcoholics Anonymous. So I just want to clarify before you get into the episode that dad and I think AA is an incredible tool for anyone who wants to get sober. And I personally don't think I would be alive or be sober today without the foundation that AA has laid for me. I am not currently going, but I am absolutely not undervaluing or trying to undermine the power of AA. And the reason we kind of skip over it or like don't really want to talk about it is because we don't really want to talk about AA, the program as a whole. We kind of want to stick to the principles that are helpful to people um, because it's kind of frowned upon to like talk about AA publicly. So if it seems like we're skipping over it, it's because we kind of are, but in no way are we trying to dissuade anyone from going if they need it. Because if you need it, if it works for you, keep going. Uh, If it's not for you, there are tons of other resources out there for you, which we will get into later in other episodes in the podcast. So that's all I wanted to say. Enjoy the episode and I'll see you later. Bye. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the second episode of Alcoholisms, a podcast hosted by me, Tara, and my dad, Dan. Uh, And we're just having some, you know, good old open conversations about alcoholism and addiction as both of us are alcoholics and both of us are in recovery. Um, In today's podcast, we're going to get into a topic that is very confusing to most people except the people who have experienced it. Um, What is alcoholism? And Just to put a little disclaimer at the very beginning of this episode, like neither my dad or I are medical professionals. And if you feel like you have actual, you know, issues with this disease or you think you're having issues, absolutely, you know, go to someone who is well-trained in this and don't rely on anything you hear on the internet about like what you should do or shouldn't do. This is just conversations that my dad and I are having. So with that out of the way, hi, dad. Well said. Thank you. I nailed it. Yep. Um, so yeah. What is alcoholism? You know, I'm going to be really honest and like, you know this, but like, I am not like struggling with this episode, but I'm kind of struggling with this episode because like, even though I have experience with alcoholism and, you know, addiction and recovery and sobriety and all that fun stuff, like I still sometimes you know, get really overwhelmed by like what alcoholism is because it is such a vast sea of things that it could possibly be. And, you know, I'm really only a professional on like what kind of alcoholic I am and like what my alcoholism resonates as. So I don't know how you're feeling about it, but why don't you take it away? Well, it is a confusing thing. And you said it a minute ago, people who haven't experienced it um, seem to display a lot of confusion about it. And I have often heard things over the years coming from people who have never really dealt with alcoholism that let me know that they just really don't have a clue what it is. But it is kind of a hard thing to put a definition on. It's kind of like, I can't really describe it, but I know it when I see it. But maybe you can start off by giving some kind of, you've looked up some kind of a clinical definition of it. Yes, I have two here. I have one from, I don't know what this website is. Oh, just one from Google. 
um, just the definition of alcoholism. And they say alcoholism is an addiction to the consumption of alcoholic liquor or the mental illness and compulsive behavior resulting from alcohol dependency. That is a definition that I personally like because it makes sense to me. But the second one that I looked up is what is defined as an alcoholic. And this one says alcoholism, now known as alcohol use disorder, is a condition in which a person has a desire or physical need to consume alcohol, even though it has a negative impact on their life. Yeah, and I would say that both of those things are true. And if you unpack them a little bit, they both kind of cover the same ground, although they sound a little different. You know, in AA, which I've been to some, and I don't go to AA, uh, currently haven't been in quite a while but what they refer to is that an alcoholic has an allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind Uh, the allergy is the part of you that causes you once you consume alcohol to crave the continuous drinking of alcohol and the obsession of the mind it's kind of self-explanatory i mean obviously someone who you know, suffers from alcoholism, has a relationship with alcohol when they're active in their drinking. And it is constantly on your mind. And just like I've described about myself, both of those things I can I can recognize in me. When I take a drink, for instance, that is, as I said last episode, that is what the rest of the day becomes about to me. That's what I'm thinking about. That's what I'm doing today. I'm drinking today. And if I don't drink after I've drank a little bit, then I have this physical feeling, this craving in my body that I've described to Tara as like bees buzzing under my skin. So those are all kind of definitions of what alcoholism is. But I don't know, from a practical standpoint, I don't know that they have much use when we're talking about where the rubber hits the road with people who are suffering from it. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, I'm obviously, like we said this in the last episode, but like I'm the same kind of drinker as you. Like as soon as you give me a sip of alcohol, like I am just obsessed. Like I have that obsession of the mind and allergy of the body like down pat. Like that is the exact kind of drinker that I am. Because mm-hmm. when I drink alcohol, like my husband, for example, he is like, just a a non-drinker he rarely drinks ever there's maybe been like we've been together for seven years and there's maybe like a total of 10 times 15 times that he's drank in front of me and only like three or four times he's gotten drunk but he is such a lightweight like he will have one drink he'll he'll be buzzed he'll be feeling good and then he just stops and he's like i've had enough And, like, that is just something I do not understand. Like, what do you mean you've had enough? Like, That sounds insane to me. Me too. Like, that's insane. Like, we're not the insane ones. Like, you are Mm -hmm. insane for, like, thinking that one alcohol and that little buzz is enough. Because, like, once I get that little buzz, that little buzz is not enough. Like, that is just the beginning of my life. Like, I'm going to climb that mountain until I am blacked out. And I just can't help it. I cannot physically help it. Yeah, I'm not seeking to black out when I do it. It's almost to me, it's like, you know, if one feels this good, well, how good is two going to feel? And then 
how good is three? I mean, why wouldn't you want more of that? You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of what it is to me. Yeah. And I I don't even, I don't even mean to blackout. Like that is just like, I cannot stop drinking. And then like, I just end up blacking out because like, Mm -hmm. it just becomes an obsession. Like I have to, I have to, I have to like continue to keep going. Oh, sure. Yeah. So like, I feel like that's a really good starting point. Like that's definitely like what, you know, the, the definition, like that's what Google says. That's what the alcoholism yeah. is. And that's what AA, and like, I also, I went to AA when I was like first in recovery, but I haven't gone in years. Like I don't go to AA. Not that I have anything against it. Like if I ever were to start craving or if I ever drank again, like I would be right back there. But like, I've just kind of, you know, I think mm-hmm. me and dad have just like kind of figured out our own system to just be sober mm-hmm. and keep living life without going to a program but that's not to say don't do that because like if that helps you and if you need to do that then absolutely do that because like i needed that for a while too so yeah like, well and I, I don't want this to become and i know you don't want this to become a a, a preachy thing about aa no yeah exactly i don't even want to like so let's, get yeah. back, let's get back to yeah. let's get back to alcoholism what Non-sequitur is alcoholism here. Yeah, yeah i mean what what i want to say let me just jerk us back here um one of the things that I've noticed with people who aren't alcoholics in discussions about what alcoholism alcoholism is and is that it's not well we like to refer to addiction as a disease, mm-hmm. but that's kind of touchy feely, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and people who haven't felt it and lived it can't really sometimes cross that bridge between well a tangible disease that a germ caused or that a virus caused or that something else has caused and has made you sick and there are symptoms that they can see this just seems to them more like a character issue yeah because like what they think alcoholism is is they think alcoholism is you picking up a bottle of alcohol and physically putting it to your lips like they think that choice is what we're calling a disease but that is actually not at all what we're calling a disease my disease is something that Mm -mm. i have internally inside like chemically in my body when i put alcohol in my system there is something that happens at a chemical physiological level that i don't understand and that a lot of like i don't even think scientists fully understand it like it's just Mm -hmm. not really a well it's not understood but there is something that happens within my body and in my brain that makes me go absolutely insane Mm -hmm. and like that's what we're calling the disease and i think that there is a huge misunderstanding just because like what i said earlier like people think that the action of you picking up a bottle is mm-hmm. that they think that's what we're trying to say. Oh, that's a disease. But like the the, the, the uh, disease of addiction is like inside of your body. It's not anything you put in your body. Like the drugs and alcohol, like make it come alive. But like mm-hmm. I would say that it's for, for some people you're born with it. For some people you drink your way into it or you drug your way into it. So like, it's not a one shoe or like one size fits all kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. addiction and alcoholism manifests itself differently in like everyone that it touches. Yeah. One of the things that I just thought of about myself that you just said, and I just want to reinforce the point is that uh, people who are close to me who have been around me when I'm drinking and obviously when I'm not drinking started telling me early on, I can tell immediately whether or not you've been drinking, even if it's a little, because there is a change that happens in you. And I don't know that that's true for everybody. It certainly doesn't seem to be that way Mm -hmm. for for non-alcoholics. But 
I do know, and I've observed it enough in myself to, to fully understand and appreciate it now. When I put alcohol in my body, there is something that happens immediately that makes me very different from what I am normally, and it's readily identifiable to the people who know me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But again, like that's not the way that everyone operates when they drink. That's just like specifically how me and you drink because like we both know alcoholics who will pick up a beer and are the exact same person and they don't go crazy and they don't have this crazy obsession, but like they are what we would call like functioning alcoholics. So again, there's like a million and one different ways alcohol manifests itself. And I think again, that is why so many people are so confused about what alcoholism is because it is not like just one thing it's a thousand different things and like millions of different people billions of different people all over the world and having said that and not to disagree with that at all and not to head back down the aa path but i got to for just a second and that is the rooms i've gone into all different people from all different uh social backgrounds all different strata of economic success all different kinds of professionals from the bottom of the grade to the top of the grade. And the thing that has always struck me is the, the stories they tell all turn out to be pretty much the same story. Mm-hmm. The details are different and the sophistication of language is different, the but the story things are like, they're all different, but the story is, yeah. the story remains the same. Mm-hmm. And that is a commonality that I think that all addicts and alcoholics share is there's certain aspects of the way you process not only physically whatever drug you're using, but also the mental process that you go through turns out to be pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. So and yeah. maybe we could talk about those mental processes a little bit. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You want to start um, it off? <laughs> yeah, Sure. Um, and you know, we're not trying to be technical here because what this should be is a practical kind of discussion about, you know, what are the things that people face? We've talked about, both of us have talked about how, when we first started struggling with the notion that we may be alcoholics, there were signposts along the way that looking back on them, they're clear warnings. They were at the time. And they, they, you probably recognized them at the time, but what you had in place or what I had in place is a strong ego that learned very quickly how to rationalize those things away. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have to, you know, for instance, the car wreck I talked about having, I could rationalize that away. And I didn't have to say that is definitive proof of a particular thing. Mm-hmm. And the next time I wrecked a car, I wrecked the number of cars when I was young. You know, there was always a way that I could rationalize that away. Or if I got in trouble, there were several times I had a little skirmish with the law. You know, if something like that happened, well, I could rationalize that away. But the fact of the matter is, for me, if you take all those things in aggregate and you look at them, it's foolish for me to have considered that, no, I'm not an alcoholic. Because Mm -hmm. alcohol was having a real impact on my life. Mm -hmm. It was causing me problems. Problems that wouldn't be there otherwise, but for the fact that I'm drinking. Yeah, but it's so funny because like, I know what you're talking, obviously I know what you're talking about. Like when you're in that state of mind, like all these problems are happening and like your life is falling like 
apart around you and all you can think is like, oh, it's not my fault. Like it's this person's fault or it's that person's fault. Or like Mm -hmm. I'm drinking Mm -hmm. because like I'm sad or I'm drinking because like, oh, this is just a phase or like, you know, I'm having Mm -hmm. a really difficult time. Like I'm just going to have a couple beers or like whatever. And you just like keep doing the same. I mean, you keep doing the same thing over and over and like you're expecting a different result, which is like, what is that? (laughs) What's the definition of insanity? Mm-hmm. What is that? Yeah, that is you, you do the same things over and over expecting a different result. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there is definitely like and I think, well, for me personally, I, you know, it's funny. A lot of people talk about their first drink of alcohol. They talk about it like as if it's like a love story. Like, oh, I felt <laughs> like I was just like I, I came into contact with the missing part of me. And like mm. they talk about it in like a way that alcohol was like the part of them that was missing. And like, there's parts of that that I definitely can resonate with. Like when I first Mm -hmm. drank alcohol, it did so many things for me that I wasn't able to do for myself. Like I was a very self, I mean, I was like, you remember, I was relentlessly bullied in elementary school, like to the point where you had to like come pick me up for lunch. Cause like my life was just miserable. And then that continued into middle school. So I always had like a super low self-esteem and then like, stuff happened like with you and mom's divorce and like that was super traumatic and then like I started having an eating disorder so like I had like all of these things like all of these mental things in my mind that I didn't Mm -hmm. know how to process and I didn't know how to battle so like when I met alcohol it met me at a place where it covered up the things that I needed to cover up and it soothed Mm -hmm. the things that I needed to be soothed and like I also hear from other people like that's how a lot of people ended Mm -hmm. up like having drinking problems or having drug use like problems is because like alcohol I mean well honestly like I I really really feel like I was born with it and I just so happened Mm -hmm. to have all these mental problems at the same time so it was like a double whammy for me but there's a lot of people who are not born with alcoholism and who kind of you know work their way into it because they use it as like such a they use it as a crutch and eventually like you kind of grow up with it and you really don't know how to function in your life without alcohol, like without alcohol or without drugs or without some kind of substance to like help you get through your day-to-day life. Before you move away too far from alcohol meeting you at a point in time where you thought that it just fit right in like a hand in glove, Mm -hmm. it was something that you needed or it was something that you felt beneficial about, Mm -hmm. you know, you got benefit from. I don't disagree with that at all. But you also back up a little bit more, talked about the love story aspect mm-hmm. of it. You know, people talk about their first drinking experience. Well, I don't know if you recall the last episode. That's how I described mine, mm-hmm. about how wonderful this felt. The irony, or I guess the, the juxtaposition to what you just said, though, is that if I had any of those issues at that time, I was 13 when uh, that first time I drank. Mm-hmm. If I had any of those issues... They were well hidden. I wasn't aware of them at all. Yeah. I didn't have any self-esteem issues. In fact, my ego was way too big. You know, I didn't, I didn't get bullied. I didn't have any of those kinds of problems. Everything, mm-hmm. I was at the, you know, I was on top of the hill as far as I was concerned. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I didn't even question that. But the interesting thing about that is that we came about or came into our first drinking episode from different points of view about ourselves. Mm-hmm. But we both felt the same way about it. Yeah, and we both which ended up in leads, the same place. Yeah, it, which leads me to believe that 
this is just something that was in us. Yeah. And those happen to be the circumstances in our lives when we first drank. Yeah. You know. I would and totally we were, agree with that. We were we were both predisposed to turn out the way we turned out. Yeah. Relative to alcohol. Yeah. Um, one thing that I really want to cover with you, um, is what I think is like a really important topic about this conversation about like, what is alcoholism is like what other people think alcoholism is. Because I know from personal experience that like, I really struggled with admitting that I was an alcoholic because I had Mm -hmm. so many people around me telling me that I wasn't because I was Mm -hmm. like, I was a very young female. Uh, I was like in my college party age and they because that's think, what everybody in college does. Yeah, exactly. So like there were there were <laughs> there were really special circumstances around like I mean like honestly if I this is the crazy thing about alcohol is like if I was doing heroin like every night people would be like, "Oh, you you have a problem. Like you need to solve that problem." But mm-hmm. because alcohol is like such this is it's this like very normalized drug because that's what it is. It's a drug because it's so normalized and everyone is so like desensitized to it that I was yeah. drinking and blacking out every night and everyone was like, "Oh, it's just a phase." Like, "Oh, you'll grow out of it." Mm-hmm. And I really think that like we should really cover that part of the discussion because I feel like that is so detrimental to so many people. Yeah, it truly is. And I don't know if we want to talk. Well, if you want to talk about that tonight, we can. But two observations, again, about what you just said. Um, The people that you were hanging around thought that was kind of normal because all of them were kind of abusing whatever their substances were, too. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of people. All of my friends were addicts. That way, right. Yeah. I couldn't have hung out with regular people. Like, yeah, exactly. They wouldn't have wanted to hang out with me. Yeah, I mean, that, that's similar to my college years, right, where I did spend a lot of time drinking. Mm-hmm. And it, as no no coincidence, the people I hung out with did as well, right? Yeah. But I didn't have to do that, and I knew a lot of people who didn't, and mm-hmm. people who were a lot more responsible to their lives and to their college and to their friends and families and all that kind of stuff. So right, you yeah. know, that's one of the things we rationalize. See, we're all doing it. It's okay. Mm-hmm. The other thing is very... Uh, pertinent to what you just said is the socialization aspect of it which is heroin bad you know crack bad meth bad but alcohol is perfectly acceptable you know alcohol is shoved down your throat you know if you go into a catholic church they don't they don't give you a cup of meth you know <laughs> but they'll give you a little cup of wine although you know we don't want to get into the belief system about that, but oh, no. you know, alcohol is socially acceptable, whereas all these other things aren't. So yeah, that's another detriment to people like you and me. Yeah, because I mean, we're living in a society that's like literally drowning in alcohol. Like everywhere mm-hmm. you go, everywhere you turn, people are drinking. Mm-hmm. Like every sporting event is, you know, mm-hmm. is uh, is being sponsored by Bud Light or Budweiser or like mm-hmm. some kind of vodka. And like, I remember when I first got sober, it was literally impossible for me to leave the house without having insane cravings because no matter what it was, if it was like something on the radio, if it was something online, like there was an ad for it or going to the grocery store, going to a restaurant, like you don't even notice how much alcohol is around you constantly 24 seven, like you're being bombarded by it and you don't notice it until you can't have it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's true. 
I'm going to back it up again to what you were talking about a minute ago because I don't want to get too far afield from this. This is something that I wanted you to do. I know that you've had instances, maybe some recent instances, where people have confronted you, people who weren't alcoholics confronted you about your claim to be an alcoholic and then let you know why they thought you weren't an alcoholic and that they knew more about it than you did. Ah, yes. Well, I mean, like, obviously you've experienced it too, but um, Mm -hmm. I get it all the time. Like, the first time I got it, well, like, the first time I got, well, if I back it up, like, the first time I got it was, you know, while I was still actively drinking. Like, friends and I've, I've had family members tell me, I don't think you're an alcoholic. Like, I think this is just, like, I think you're young. So I had... While I was grappling with like if I was or wasn't an alcoholic, I had family and like other people in my life tell me that. And then once I got sober, my second time in rehab, I had a man in rehab who was like a 30 something year old married guy who had like been kicked out of his house. And like what 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 you would think of as like your typical alcoholic narrative. He looked at me and he was like, I don't think you're an alcoholic. Like, I think your parents are just like overreacting and sent you here. And I was like, all right, that's fine. And so as the weeks progress. You know, we ended up opening up about our lives and sharing our stories. And I remember I remember the day he looked at me and he was like, you really are an alcoholic, aren't you? <laughs> and I was like, yep, yep, we're, we're all here for the same reason. I'm, I'm not here for fun. But mm-hmm. um, and honestly, the most the most recent time that happened was within this last year, actually, I had uh, a couple people that were pretty close to me uh, tell me that I am absolutely not an alcoholic and just because I've had an experience drinking with alcohol and alcohol abuse that doesn't mean that my experience is like the end all this is what they said to me my and my experience is not the end all be all or like my experience just because I had an experience doesn't mean that like it applies to everyone else's experience and I was mm-hmm. like what are you talking about like I've had doctors I've had therapists I've had everyone tell me I'm an alcoholic like I don't what are you even talking about? And they just were like, you're not an alcoholic. Like I had a friend who, you know, was an alcoholic and now he's able to drink normally. He just forces himself to drink one beer, like when we go out and that's it. And I'm like, I didn't say anything. And I was like, well, your friend is still an alcoholic. Like if they have to force themselves to drink one beer when they go out at night, like they obviously still have yeah, a problem. Obviously. But like, so, this yeah. is something yeah, I get all the time. And like, I feel like yeah. probably a lot of young people get it too because like what people think alcoholics are or like old men who live under a bridge who are homeless or like people who have lost their jobs or lost their homes or lost their families or like maybe even they just think it's people who have like lower intelligence or like they're lower class or whatever. Um, no willpower. No willpower. That's my favorite. That's my mm-hmm. favorite one. You have no willpower. You know what's yeah. really funny about that? I would say that alcoholics and addicts actually have more willpower than the average person because you have no idea. You have no idea what kind of strength it takes to pick yourself up off of the floor after you've ruined your life, after you're so ashamed and so embarrassed, and then just like pick yourself up and just walk forward with all of these gaping open wounds Mm. and just trying Mm. to live your life in a sober way. That, my friends, is willpower. Anyway, Go girl. That was, <laughs> yeah. I feel very strongly about that. But um yeah, and and I, I know you have had people tell you that they don't think you're an alcoholic either. Um Yeah, well it's a it's a common misconception in my estimation that 
people make along the lines of the stuff that you were talking about. If I'm not actively engaged in drinking, people have known me in business for years, and we finally find ourselves in a situation where alcohol's in play and I don't drink, and there have been those who have asked why not, and you know, I'll tell them. You know, I'm an alcoholic, and I shouldn't drink. And they give me the funny look, first of all, and they're like, well, I've never seen you drink at all. And it invariably leads to a discussion about um, their understanding of what alcoholism is. Well, it invariably leads to that because I ask them. And, and they say that, you know, someone who, like Tara was describing, who can't stay away, can't stop drinking, has, has suffered massive losses in their personal and professional lives. And, you know, that would be true of someone who has traveled the long road of alcoholism unsuccessfully, and that, that's often an end result. But if you're an alcoholic, you are an alcoholic whether you're drinking or not. Mm-hmm. I will remain an alcoholic for the rest of my life, whether I ever drink any alcohol again or not. Same is exactly. true for you, and same is true for every other alcoholic. You don't stop being an alcoholic. So the friend of your friend who had to force himself to drink one beer, you know, like you said, he's either not an alcoholic and never was, or he's lying about how much he's drinking, probably. Someone's in denial. Yeah. Um, Not to joke about that, because that's like really serious, but... Well, it is really serious. And I think that that's one of the things, because they get people who were in our positions when we were wrestling with whether or not we were alcoholics and trying to come to grips with the fact that this is the thing that if you choose to continue doing, it's going to destroy your life. Mm -hmm. The the things that we were wrestling with right now are the things that hopefully the people listening to this podcast, there hopefully there are some people who listen and hopefully some of those people are people who are struggling with it and trying to come to some sort of an understanding about themselves. Mm -hmm. First of all, if you're asking those questions of yourself, it's very likely that alcoholism is at issue, you know, yeah. so it's or something at least some really severe alcohol to. abuse. Yeah, I mean, that's another thing we can segue into if you want. I mean, there's a difference between being an alcoholic and abusing alcohol. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah, I mean, but there is also a very fine line. Like, you don't have to, well, let me rephrase that. You can abuse alcohol your entire life and never be an alcoholic, but there is a certain line that you will cross where Mm -hmm. your drinking will become the drinking of an alcoholic and your mind will become the mind of an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. And I don't really know why that happens. And it's not like, and it's not alcohol dependency. Like it's not even like a physical thing. Like, well, it is a physical thing, but I'm not like if, if you become physically dependent on alcohol, that does not make you an alcoholic. So Mm -hmm. it has nothing to do. I think the point we're trying to get across is like alcoholism is not something that's really quantifiable (laughs) or it's really not easy to put into words um because yeah it's just because it's so vast and and it can be very vague but like i totally agree with you when you say that you know if you're having to ask yourself these questions like there's probably some sort of severe alcohol abuse going on or Or there's there's reason to be concerned there is a difference between alcohol abuse and alcoholism. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an important distinction to draw. Although at a certain point in somebody's abusing alcohol, that distinction kind of becomes irrelevant because it all comes down to um, when you're actively drinking. If you're honest with yourself, which is not always easy to do, 
and God knows that I lied to myself plenty. But what has alcohol cost you? Honestly, what has it cost you? What has it done to your relationships? What has it done to the way you feel about yourself? There are more tangible things. What has it done to your career? Have you lost a job over it? Or have you not gotten a promotion because you didn't do the things you know you could have done? Um, but the, the question about if it needs defining, you know, what an alcoholic is versus someone who is just in a, in a position where they're abusing alcohol. I have a story that I think about. Um, a friend of mine, someone who I met and got kind of close to, and he happened to be the CEO of an extremely large company, had risen to the upper echelon of corporate America. He was one of those kinds of people who rubbed elbows with you know, top politicians and all that kind of stuff. He said through his whole life, and he was a little bit older than me, he was in his late 60s when I met him. And so his career had kind of run its course. But what he told me about himself, because we both wound up at a, an AA meeting, that's how we met. Uh, he said when he was a young man, he hardly ever drank. And then the farther up the corporate ladder he went, he would go to social functions and he would have to drink, uh, or at least get a drink. But he never was much of a drinker up into his 40s. But by then, I guess maybe he had done it enough that he felt, or he found himself at parties, he would be drinking a little bit more. And to kind of cut to the chase, by the time he was in his mid-50s, he couldn't get out of bed in the morning and start his day without a glass of vodka. So this is something that you had talked about earlier in the podcast, and that is you may not have as strong of a predisposition to be an alcoholic as is somebody like me or somebody like Tara, but you can drink yourself into it. You can cross the line, and that's a, a story I like to tell, an analogy I like to use, and maybe it's it's something we get into more later in another podcast, but you, you find yourself doing things where you're crossing lines that you didn't think you would cross, doing shameful things, maybe, or, or maybe not so shameful, but things that you wouldn't have thought that you would have done. When you wake up the next day, that line really isn't there anymore. Or if it's there, it's a lot thinner than it was. It becomes a lot easier to cross that line, and the next line is somewhere ahead of you. And then you can cross that line, and so on and so on. Before you know it, all these lines of you know, moral behavior you thought you wouldn't cross, or other things that you thought you wouldn't cross, you crossed all those lines. Yeah. And those other lines don't exist anymore. And that's kind of what happened to my friend. Aside from the physical aspects of what increasing your drinking does to you, it also has an impact on your mind and the way you see yourself. And you've crossed these lines, and that does things to you. And that is what happened to my friend. And he drank himself into, by the time he was you know, in his 50s, being a full-blown alcoholic. And by that point, there is no turning back. He can't stop drinking for a while and then be okay and then start back up in a normal way. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. Right. Like once you, like exactly, like once you've crossed that line, like you can absolutely abuse alcohol your whole life and never become an alcoholic. Like some people are lucky that way, but people can abuse alcohol and then 
drink themselves into alcoholism. And I think that's really confusing for a lot of people to grasp because like, it's not really rooted in logic. Like that doesn't really make sense. Like when you Mm -hmm. tell someone like, I can't stop drinking, like they're like, we'll just stop. Like it should be that easy. Um, But again, like this disease, this sickness that we have in us, it makes absolutely no sense. And it manifests itself in Mm -hmm. ways that just don't really make it seem like a real illness. But at the end of the day, like I know what I have inside of me and what you have inside of you is that these are not things that we choose. Like this is not something I wanted for myself. And like, I didn't wake up one day and say like, I'm going to steal all of my family's jewelry and I'm going to steal all of my family's clothes so I can go sell them. Or I'm going to steal like hundreds of dollars from my baby sister so I can like have money to buy ecstasy with my friends. Like I never woke up and said or thought that I was even capable of doing those things, you know, but like it just starts slipping away and slipping away. And you're right. Like once you're in that, once you're in there, like once you, find yourself in a place where you can't stop drinking and you can't stop using like you just wake up one day and you're just like how did I get here yeah and probably running out of time here but one more thing I want to throw on top just to reinforce what you've said it isn't a logical thing logic has nothing to do with it it has nothing to do with willpower and that's another thing that seems counterintuitive but it doesn't have anything to do with willpower it doesn't have anything to do with intelligence some of the smartest people I know are alcoholics. So, but those are those are common misconceptions, and I'm sure we'll talk about that more as we move through this. But yeah, yeah I just wanted to throw that in at the end. Yeah, I mean, I think that's I think that's the most important takeaway. Like, if you find yourself struggling with this, and if you find that you can't stop drinking and you can't stop using, or that like it's making your whole life crumble around you, just remember that like you are not doing this to yourself on purpose and you are not morally corrupt and you are not like void of willpower or strength or anything else because honestly the strength that it takes you to get up every morning and to continue to use and continue to drink and continue to destroy like that is hard it is really hard to wake up in the morning and do all of that and like spend your life in really destructive and hurtful and traumatic ways like that is strength and, and addicts yeah and addicts don't really recognize that but the strength that you have to do all of that and the strength that I had to do all of that the strength that it took for me to like drink and drug and like steal and do all this crazy stuff for like seven or eight years that is the exact strength that I use to get sober today and that's the exact strength that I use and call on to keep continuing to live my life sober there are a couple of more things I wanted to say real quick I know we're probably getting close to where we need to cut off but One of the things is when you were talking about the last thing you were talking about, you just kind of skipped over the fact that you used to steal your family's clothes, right, and sell them for money. And I don't know, this is not funny, but it is funny to me. And that is that your siblings got to the point where they referred to Plato's Closet, which is where you would take those clothes and sell them as (laughs) Tara's Bank. I always thought that was funny. but It is funny. But, it's funny now. Yeah, well, it's funny now. You got to laugh sometimes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in, in conclusion, all I wanted to say, and you can do what you will after this, is that alcoholism, yeah, it's hard to define, 
But what I know is this, is that it has more to do with how I physically react to alcohol and what alcohol does to my mind or how I think about alcohol and other things than it does about how much I drink. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of a good enough place for me to end on that. I think that sums it up perfectly. I mean, the misconception I would say about alcoholism is that it is about alcohol, but in truth... What you just said, like, rings so true. Alcoholism is not about the alcohol that you intake. Alcohol is a symptom, as they say in AA, but it is really, mm-hmm. it really is a symptom. Alcoholism is, you know, everything else outside of the alcohol, which is, you know, mental, physical, emotional state of being. So I yep. think that's a, I think that's a great place to wrap it up. Yep. I think so too. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to the second ever episode of Alcoholisms, uh, a podcast with uh, your host, uh, me, Tara, and Dan, my dad, uh, just having some honest, open conversations about alcoholism and addiction and sobriety and recovery and all those fun things in between. So, um, yeah, if you would like to follow us, we have an Instagram now. Uh, it is at alcohol.isms, so alcohol.isms. Uh, you can follow us there to, uh, to keep updated on like what we're doing. And, you know, if you have any questions for the show or if you have any topics that you would like discussed, like feel free to message us uh, and we will absolutely answer that on an episode of the show. So, Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Tara. For being an awesome co-host with me here Mm -hmm. on Alcoholisms. And Mm -hmm. we will see you guys next time. Sounds good. Okay, bye, everybody.